They say this is a big rich town I just come from the poorest part Bright light city life, I gotta make it This is where it goes down Hey, what is up everyone? This is Gary A. Swaby and you're now listening to or watching the Powercast and today we will be recapping Power Book 2 Ghost Season 3 Episode 5 and the title of the episode is No More Second Chances and today I am joined by Mr. Richard Bailey Jr. How are you doing Richard? Doing good, Gary. What's up, listeners and viewers? What's up, indeed? I see you was a guest at uh, Francesco Lombardi's uh, mansion at, at the party, judging by your name. So I, I hope yeah, you had a good time. The party was fantastic. Unfortunately, y'all didn't get to see it because y'all were too busy watching watching what's happening to Tariq and everybody else. But uh, it, yeah, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> Yeah, I heard you saw that private collection too. So that's interesting. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we're also joined by Miss Dana Abercrombie, aka Cousin Boyfriend. What's up, Dana? Yes, yes, I'm doing okay. Um, a lot of uh, things are going down on this episode. A lot of crossing the line that I don't think really should be crossed, Cousin Boyfriend. But uh, it's going to be interesting. We'll see that the families are. Are in an entanglement. Oh, yeah. And uh, what an interesting entanglement is going to be based on what happened uh, in this episode. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, interesting episode, indeed. Uh, there's a lot to talk about here. A lot happened. Um, there's There's some things that I'm a bit, like, iffy on that happened. But, like, it was an entertaining episode to watch overall. Uh, especially with the, the whole Italy aspect, them being out the country and stuff. That was that was cool to see, like a new saying and everything. But yeah, um, there's going to be lots to talk about today and I, I can't wait to see what the people think also. So we will get into our takeaways in just a second. But um, friendly reminder to the people, please do like the video if you enjoy the content and if you enjoy the, the banter and the discussion. Um, and then, you know, you can also subscribe to the channel and hit the bell icon to get notified when we drop a video. And uh, also, please do leave your comments and let us know what you thought of the episode and what you think of our theories and discussions and everything. And check out the Coalition Entertainment channel and also the Coalition Gaming channel to find some additional content um, over there. But let's head right into our takeaway segment. And uh, this week is Richard's turn to go first. So, Richard, when you're ready, hit us with your takeaways from this episode. Absolutely. So let me start by saying, uh, when this might surprise some people, I actually thought this was an entertaining episode of Power. Now, there are a few critiques, obviously, to get into, and we'll get into a lot of that stuff today. So... I would encourage everybody to stay tuned, get your popcorn ready, and uh, we hope to entertain you today with all we got to say about this episode. So I do have three takeaways I want to get into. I'm going to start with Sax, Jenny, and Lauren, because in this particular episode, we finally got some answers to how they were going to handle this situation. I do want to give a shout out to Miss Dana Abercrombie because 
what she predicted on the last episode, the last recap is almost essentially what happened in, in with this whole situation with these three. But so let's just get into some stuff that happened. Obviously, when the episode started, Jenny is questioning Monet because she's trying to find out what really happened to Kevin Whitman. And obviously she 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 checks to make sure that Monet's murder weapon is registered. So clearly all the alibis are working for the moment. Okay. But after that, she does have a conversation with Sachs and, and, and Blanca and basically is saying that we need to do everything that we can to get to, to get to the bottom of this. And she is pushing Sachs to say, listen, you're working with Davis. You know Davis is corrupt in his own way. So I need you to work a lot harder to give me something that I can use. So as a result of that, what ends up happening in the episode is that, you know, Davis, you know, Davis and, and Sachs, they do have a conversation because Sachs finally finds some information to help Theo Rollins' case. He delivers this information to Sachs, but to say to Davis, and Davis decides, okay, this is great. Let's go celebrate. Sachs decides, no, let me stay behind. And then, of course, he stays behind, goes through Davis's stuff, and finds that there was a police report that Kevin Whitman had that uh, no one else had saw, except for Monet, obviously. So he sees that information, and he tells, he sends a, a, a text to Jenny and say, hey, I found something. All of a sudden, Jenny doesn't want to have anything else to do with Sachs, doesn't say anything, doesn't respond to his messages, say, hey, uh, not right now. So she, he decides to call her. She does not respond to the call. So he ends up following her. And of course, in following her, this is when he finds out she's been keeping Lauren hidden this entire time, making people think that Lauren was dead. Now, I do want to start out by saying, uh, we, 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 I want to give Tracy Lee a shout out because she predicted that this whole thing with Saks and Jenny, it would it, it would be some bad breakup that they would ha have and Saks would feel a certain type of way about that breakup. And that is exactly what happened with this interaction because even as he's talking to Jenny, he's like, oh, did you ever feel anything in this relationship? And no, she was saying that now her focus is on getting to the bottom of this case. But I question Jenny as a character because this entire episode, she's on Saks to say, hey, I need information. We need information, so you need to help us out. And then when when Saks has the information, it's like it doesn't matter. She doesn't want to say. And again, as Saks said, they're on the same team, so they should not be keeping information from each other. So, you know, to see that come out the way it did, that was a little ridiculous. Then, of course, Lauren steps right outside the house. Uh, I guess, you know, Gary wasn't working that day as a, as the security guard. So this is why this happened, because otherwise this wouldn't have, hap have happened. But Lauren comes out. She hears the conversation that Sachs has with Jenny, and she pretty much decides Jenny is, is definitely has been honest with her. So later in this episode, she does contact Tariq and meets up with him at the campus. By the way, no campus security, nobody out there. So, hey, if somebody saw Lauren, I guess they wouldn't recognize. She had the hoodie on, right? So it is what it is. But she talks to, tells Tariq that she believes he was involved in all of this. And Tariq is trying to tell her, I didn't know that Braden and Effie set all this up. And he's right. He's being sincere. But she can't trust him. But she warns him that the feds, they're basically building a case against him. She is a witness now. So... I'm very curious to see what happens now with these two characters, because obviously Tariq still cares about Lauren, 
but I kind of feel like at some point he might be forced to have to take her out. I mean, it, it feels that way because she has the information, she's a witness, but let's see what happens. All right, so that's the first takeaway. The second takeaway, uh, let's talk about the Tejada family in this episode, okay? Now, obviously, Monet, when she found out about the information last week in regards to Lorenzo, she is not handling that news well. She's very angry about that. And Davis, she does tell Davis about the situation. And, and Davis asks her, are you OK? It says, yeah, I'm all right. And, and she, she tries to convince Davis that I'm not going to do anything to react to this. But Davis should know better that uh, Monet is, uh, you know, she's very determined to get to the bottom of all of this stuff. So what Monet does do in this episode, which I found very interesting, is that she pays Evelyn a visit and tells her that Lorenzo is the one that put a hit out on Frank. Basically saying, I, you know, I understand you want revenge, do what you got to do, but I don't want anything to happen with our kids, which is fine. But the thing is that as this conversation goes on, and as the episode continues, uh, the whole time you have Gordo and Drew also doing their own due diligence to try to track down the CI that was shot in the previous episode. And they go to the hospital to try to get the phone that he had, which has a whole bunch of photos of Braden and Lorenzo on there. But when they get to the hospital, it is discovered the CI didn't make it. And they did say last week that he was in critical condition. So I, I fully, I'm, I'm fine with that. They do go to, go to pick up the phone, the other evidence. They take the phone, delete the photos, get rid of the, of the phone as well. So Gordo and Drew are still working together closely, obviously, and they have a relationship. This is what the Dana's name is about, the cousin boyfriend. They have their little relationship. But with Monet, you know, this entire episode, she is still there. And then she does eventually have a conversation with Gordo in this episode, alluding to the fact, basically saying that, uh, you know, make sure you take care of my son. And then she's talking about how did it feel dealing with the fact that her that, that his father is gone. And this is where I have an issue because as Dana has said before, you know, there's a lot of foreshadowing of what's going to happen. We as viewers already knew that Lorenzo was going to get killed. I mean, that was that was pretty obvious because of all the things the character did in this episode. The fact that he talks to Diana and says, hey, you don't need you don't need to sell drugs anymore. You can just focus on school. The fact that he had the conversation with Kane in the previous episode, it felt like the character's time was up. But what I don't like is with the foreshadowing, because in this episode, not only did Lorenzo die, but you knew exactly how he was going to die because they told you in the episode, oh yes, Gordo said, if I ever find out who killed my father, I will slit his throat. And that is exactly what happened. So when it happened, I felt absolutely nothing because they told me ahead of time it was going to happen. Uh, I thought Monet was going to be the one to kill him, but instead she set it up and had Gordo do it. And of course, Gordo does have a relationship with Drew now. So I can't wait to see what happens with those two characters now when Drew eventually finds out uh, because he is going to find out at some point that uh, he was involved in this as well. But um, very interesting decisions. And the last point that I will make before I go to my final takeaway is that the way Lorenzo was killed, right? And we'll, we'll talk about the trailer for the next episode later. But in that trailer, Drew is basically talking to Gordo saying, I believe that the Russians killed Lorenzo. Now, let's rewind to what happened to Lorenzo. He got his net 
he got he got his neck slit right in front of the mural of Zeke. So I don't know. Like I said, we have I, we haven't seen what happens in the next episode yet. But I'm just going to say this: if his body is discovered there, I'm thinking that murder has to do with this mural because obviously it's all connected, right? That's why I said that I don't know how Drew came to that conclusion. And I obviously we have to wait to get an explanation of that next week. But uh, I think it's pretty obvious to me that uh, this is all connected. So I don't know how he figures the Russians are responsible. We already know about what happened with the whole thing of them killing the guy, the, 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 the drug dealer, Tariq killing that drug dealer that they were going to try to do the deal with. So that's fine. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. It is what it is. But we'll see what happens. And finally, let's get to the juicy part of this episode, which is Tariq and the crew and how they made their their trip to Italy. And again, as I mentioned earlier, I was at that party. It was jumping. So shout outs to everybody that was there. But pretty much, you know, they do take this trip with RSJ. I did like how RSJ found a way to make sure that Lucas wasn't able to attend the trip at all, which I thought was very interesting. That goes to the point that you both made last week when you said they really try to undermine some characters and, and focus on the other ones as being the more important ones to pay attention to. So I thought that was very good. Uh, they took that trip. RSJ is talking with Tariq. He does tell Tariq something very interesting, which I, which I find when he talks about his father, the fact that his father used to run numbers and was a criminal as well. I don't know if that's important, but I mean, they're trying to build connection between those two characters. So I'm, it makes me curious to know if we're going to find out about who his father was at a later point. And maybe if this is somebody that ghost knew or something to that effect. Probably not, but we'll have to wait and see. But pretty much they take this trip over to Milan. And of course, while they are over there, they get visited by Noma. And Noma is saying, hey, this guy, uh, yeah, Francisco Lombardi. He's my ex, but he's also my competitor. He has a tracking device that we planted somewhere, and I need you to get that tracking device and give it back to me. So in trying to get that device, Braden obviously gets uh, caught, gets beat up, and then he is held by Lombardi's team until Tariq and them are able to meet up with him towards the end of the episode. And once they meet up with him, uh, what ends up happening is that Noma has to end up saving the day because they hold Tariq at gunpoint about ready to shoot his head off. So she saves them. Now, what is revealed throughout this entire thing is that there's a private art collection that they have at the mansion. And we do find that Effie has a chance to check out that private collection. And she reveals to Tariq in this episode that, hey, wait a second, they have a picture of Noma Lombardi and their daughter. And basically, she gives Tariq the idea to say, hey, if we want to get free, we can use this as leverage. We, all, we, we know she has a daughter. All we have to do is get to that daughter, try to use this as our bargaining chip, which I find very interesting. The only issue I have, though, is that to me, it gives the impression that, be, that they've already set up an end game for how they're going to deal with Noma, which makes me concerned as a viewer that this character may not survive way to the end of the season that she could be taken out at the end of the season and i don't want to see that because i think we've already said on this show this character has range you can have her be on this show for a couple of seasons but it also makes me question what's going to happen with monet because i i personally as i said on this show before i believe that Tariq 
already has another bargaining chip because he knows that Monet killed Mecca. And I thought that that was what, you know, Norman still wants answers for that. So that's why I thought they were heading into the direction of Monet versus Norma. And that could still happen. But the fact that they now have added a child into this, it makes it a little bit more interesting, but it does make me concerned that they're already trying to figure out how to end this situation with Noma. So I want to see how they handle that. I'm not going to say that I'm overly, that I think the episode was bad. I, I'm concerned about a few things about what it means for the future of the show, specifically this storylines that, you know, in general, but overall, I thought it was an entertaining episode. It did its job, which was to entertain. And again, they always have the style one point on the show. Everybody was looking fantastic in this episode as far as the attire, everything. Uh, so, hey, I'm entertained. Let's see what happens next week. But uh, very curious to hear what both Gary and Dana have to say, because we didn't really talk about any of this stuff prior to recording. So hats off to you both. <laughs> oh, yeah, those, those were uh, excellent takeaways right there. So, um and yeah, like you pointed out something um, very important, the fact that now um, Drew and, and Gordo are getting closer and then now we know what Gordo did at the end of the episode. So that <laughs> is definitely going to cause some problems uh, in the future. And yeah, I have, uh, uh, there's a lot to say about the Noma thing as well and whether they're going to, you know, try and get rid of her. But uh, we'll talk about that a little more. Um, but yeah, excellent takeaways and observations as, as usual. And uh, it's my turn next uh, for the takeaways, and then we'll get to Dana in a sec. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, give my takeaways right here. So first of all, um, so what we all predicted happened. Lorenzo got taken out in this episode. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm actually happy that this has finally happened because I feel like it, it was long overdue. And I feel like now that it did happen, it opens the door for this, the story to go in another direction now. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of relieved that now that story is, is come to an end, even though there's, there is going to be an aftermath, of course. But um, I'm glad that it finally happened. And Monet was, you know she was very calculating in how she did it. The fact that she went, you know, to Evelyn to tell her what happened uh, with, with her husband and everything. And then, you know, Evelyn, she was happy to, to finally get the truth, but she also didn't really want to retaliate because she didn't want to risk losing one of her sons. So then, you know, uh, Monet actually targeted Gordo and, you know, I'm, I'm assuming they had, like, of course they had that, that exchange outside the Tahada house, uh, you know. And then I assume that they talked more off screen as well about how to kind of set that up. Because we did see Gordo text her later on at the end of the episode to confirm that he did kill him. So they must have talked about it off screen. But, um, but yeah, so she was very, you know, she was very calculating in how she had this done. Um, I am glad that that uh, Lorenzo actually came clean and, and talked to her about it, because at least we got that scene where she actually gets to confront him face to face. Um, the, I, I will say the acting could have been a bit better. Like, I feel like because because, you know, I didn't really get the full aggression, like because she was throwing things around, but I didn't really like feel it from her like that. She, you know, I didn't feel it in her expressions and mannerisms and stuff. 
Um, but yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad that we did get the, the, the that scene of those two, you know, at odds and him kind of confronting what he did, like um, uh, you know, telling her what he did and everything, confessing. So yeah, I'm glad we got that. And then, and then yeah, they they were basically telling us the whole way through the episode that Lorenzo was gonna die. Like I think we kind of knew at a certain point. Like as soon as um. I think as soon as maybe um, as soon as like she spoke to Kane, I think like where uh, and then Kane spoke to Lorenzo and stuff like I think at that point we knew it was going to happen. So they were they were they were telling us that throughout the whole episode, he's dead, basically. Um, And yeah, it was it was a good relief to kind of see it at the end. um, Finally, and now that now the show can move on in like we can get to a more complex story now, I think now that that's kind of behind them. I do think there's going to be a strong aftermath where, uh, and we're going to talk a bit about that after, about how the Tejadas are going to react to this. Um, so that that's definitely one of the questions I want to ask you guys later. But um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just glad it's done because, um, you know, based on some of the other things that happened in this episode, I think we're getting ready to move into a new direction with the story now. So... You know, I can't wait to see what's next. Um, and then second takeaway. So, you know, um, coming off of what, what Richard was talking about, Effie presented, you know, after the whole thing at Francesco Lombardi's uh, party happened and they had to, like, rescue Graydon and everything, um, we see that Effie presents Tariq with a way out. You know, she shows him a picture of the private artwork um where Noma has her her child and Francesco and everything and uh yeah so like now they have they have an out because that's been their whole thing so far in this season like they 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 feel like they're um they have to sell drugs you know for Noma they feel like they're kind of they they don't have any like wiggle room they don't have any other option than to sell drugs for Noma and they want a way out. They keep talking about the future and getting out the game and, you know, living a, a, a normal life. But they're not going to be able to get to that point until they get out of this arrangement with Noma. And Noma looks like she's ready to double down on things because, you know, she told them that, you know, they're, they're out of the, the trial period now. And now they're going to be working together for a long time. So she's happy with them and she wants a long term relationship with them. But they're all thinking about the end game. Um, and first of all, one thing that was interesting was how, um, you know, during this conversation with Effie and Tariq, um, we had the, the moment where, like, Tariq was, you know, he had that moment of realization where he was like, wow, she, like, Noma's cold because she killed her own husband, like, just now. Like, we just watched her kill her own husband. And Effie kind of shrugs it off like it's nothing. Like, so? who cares like you know she kind of shrugs it off like it's just like whatever and i think that that right there was something deep like that that right there shows some sort of psychopathic uh tendencies within effie i think to where you know she's not only is she maybe well we know that she is keeping secrets because she hasn't told Tariq about about lauren yet but um i feel like there's something deep going on with her um and 
you know, I think we're going to have, uh, we're going to get more of a picture of what's really going on with this character because it does always seem like she's hiding things. And then we know that she is kind of cold and, and calculating because she picks and chooses what she tells Tariq. And, you know, we've seen that she wants to tell Tariq about Lauren, but she chooses not to because, you know, she wants to keep what she has currently with him. But we know at any moment, you know, based on the fact that she's already lied to him and not being honest, I feel like at any moment she, you know, she will do what she can to preserve her, what, you know, her money and her, her living and her way of life. So I feel like there's going to be some sort of rift coming with these two characters soon. And um, that's going to be interesting to see, you know, um, especially with regards to the plan that she gave to Rika about Noma. Like, so once this whole Lauren thing blows up, you know, how is that going to go? You know, are they going to even be able to do that anymore? So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, and my third takeaway is, you know, of course, so the, the whole Lauren thing, um, I, I have to say, like, <laughs> the whole, because we've been waiting for someone to find out that she's alive, you know, and I don't know, the, the moment felt a bit wasted on sex. Um, <laughs> this whole sex and Jenny thing, like the moment just, it just felt a bit wasted. It's like, uh, okay, like whatever. And he wasn't even that shocked. He was just like, oh, so it's Lauren in there. Like he, he wasn't, it didn't feel like a big shock, a big moment. And then right behind that, we got Lauren sneaking onto campus, which was a bit like, what the hell? Like, how is, how is she just able to sneak out of this house that's being guarded and, and then sneak on? Like, first of all, I'm pretty sure this is very far away from the campus. So I guess she got an Uber or something, but like, it's, I don't know, it's, it's weird. How do you sneak onto campus and not get seen by anyone? And then she, she's worried about, Effie and Brayden finding out that she's alive. What if they were right there? Or what if Tariq, like Tariq could have got the text and went there with Brayden and Effie? Like what, what would have happened then? You know, like, I don't know. It's, there's, there's all kinds of questions that come to mind about this, this whole thing of her sneaking to meet Tariq. Um, that was a bit far-fetched for my liking, but we got that moment um, and it, it didn't live up to what I thought it would be, but it is interesting now that it happened based on what could happen next, you know? So um, we, we got, we got that revelation Tariq knows that she's alive and th this kind of does change everything because now Tariq knows that Effie and Brayden are lying to him. And I'm wondering how he's going to carry that, how he's going to handle that. Um, is he going to be calculating? Is he going to use this information in his favor? You know, there's so many ways he can kind of go about this now that he knows that. Um, and then I don't know where this leaves Lauren now. Like, what is she going to do? Is she going to basically try to sabotage the case for Tariq, you know? Um, and now Tariq knows about the case too. So I, I wonder how he's going to react to that. You know, the fact, because now he knows for, for certain that they're investigating him and everyone. So that's a whole nother thing, a whole nother thing in itself. So, um, yeah, interesting developments. And like I said, the fact that Lorenzo is dead, that does leave a lot of room now in the story for, for all of these other storylines to come to the forefront a bit. 
like the investigation and um, Lauren and Effie and stuff. So, and Noma. And I do believe that they are still building towards the Noma and Monet uh, face off and, you know, uh, rivalry, I guess. So I can't wait to see that. But yeah, overall, I feel like it, it was entertaining to watch this episode. There was some action, there was some ups and downs. You know, it was an entertaining episode to watch, but I don't know. Sometimes I question the just the the the, the choice, like the choices they make in the story and, and how it's how certain things play out, how it's set up, like you know, certain um payoffs, like I feel like they don't hit like they could have. Um, but yeah, it, it was still entertaining to watch. So I'll I'll give them that, you know, I'll give them that. It was cool. But um, so I'm very uh, excited to hear what Dana has to say about this episode because we talk about this off air and she says she's kind of like changed her mind a little bit. So I can't wait to see what she has to say. I also heard she's got charts or something, you know, so <laughs> charts and diagrams. So I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for these takeaways. So take it away, Dana, when you're ready. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yay. Sorry about that. Okay. So wrong because this episode was like dynasty. This was black. This was black dynasty with drugs. So yay for this episode because it gets ghetto, but like ghetto in a good way. I use the term ghetto as in like, you know, messy. I don't use it like, oh, it's ghetto, but no good messy. Okay. So we got to start off with the beginning, because I always feel that the lesson that they teach in the classroom is reflective of what's going on with all of the characters and, and, and their plots. So here we have, the whole thing is about second chances, right? And how, you know, it talks about the settlers, how they came here, but they were basically looking for freedom. Whether or not they obtained the freedom of from good means, we all know they didn't. But the point is they came in here looking for freedom, for political and religious freedom. Freedoms just to, to be able to be their own person without the guidance or the suffocation of the monarchy or someone who is constantly in control of you. They want that freedom. So when you look at it with this way, one of the things that was said was that because of how they treated, say, the Native Americans and how they stole the Africans from Africa to bring over here, you know, settlers taught us that you have to take someone else's chance in order to get your own. And I thought that that was very important when we come to Kane's situation. Kane was basically the guy who figured out within a matter of, what, days, that it was his father who killed Zeke. And he was always constantly living under the control of Lorenzo. And in order for him to find that freedom was for Lorenzo to die because he wouldn't have any other way. Therefore, I believe strongly, Cain knew what he was doing when he was like, you gotta tell Ma, you gotta tell Ma. Not because, oh, I care about your soul and we're going to fix the family. He was purposely setting up Lorenzo to die. So then that way, he is actually free from Lorenzo and that control of him trying to take back control. 
Yes, you can get them for like, oh, you know, I know what you did and I'm going to get you all beaten up and all of that. And, you know, now you're my puppet. That's cute. But how long is that going to last before Lorenzo starts to have his own rebellion? So in order to prevent that and in order to finally take that full control like the settlers, remember, you have to take someone else's chance to get your own. He kills dad. He is responsible for that whole situation. Yes, you can say Lorenzo is responsible. And remember, they had that conversation between Lorenzo and Monet about how they both bear a burden. Everything was based upon lies when it came to Monet and the fact that she didn't, you know, introduced who Zeke actually was, was the son, and that she also brought Dante back into their lives. But at the end of the day, it wasn't Dante or Monet who got Zeke killed, it was Lorenzo. So I think that and the fact that he died, you know, yes, it was a lot of foreshadowing, which I do not like. I like the 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 whole aspect of show, don't tell. And they did a lot of telling. I'm gonna slit his throat. And what happened? He slit his throat. And but the fact that it was framed right in front of Zeke's memorial. Mural, sorry, his mural was just, that's cinema. That is the gold standard of cinema. That's literally Zeke in heaven or wherever he's at going, ha-ha, you're dead, ha-ha. So I like that. That part was just brilliant. Now, going off with that again, second chances. This is how Theo ties into this whole situation. We know that sex was working for Jen as a CI to uncover all of the dirt of what was going on with Davis McLean, right? And we know that he was trying to get the RICO case and Davis added to the RICO case for Jen to be like, I got them all, yay, right? But here's the thing. The fact that Jenny wasn't open to sex hurt her even more because I do not feel, Sax is in his feelings. It's really interesting how they make some of the, the men of this season. They make them to be like wimps and whiny and just complain about everything. Aside from Tariq, Tariq used to do that in the very, you know, the power first part. But this one, like, he's mad. But all these other guys are just like, yeah, you don't love me no more. Me, 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 me. Anyway, point that I'm trying to make is this. With Theo, so... I feel that now that Sax is all in his feelings, me, I hate you, he is going to tell Davis about what was really going on. And now, on top of that, his focus, we do know that he was able to get the violation um, noticed so that they can make the claim for a pardon or a, maybe a new trial. I don't know how it, get, how it goes, but he was able to find that. But I do feel that he's going to be solely focused on getting Theo released. So second chance for Theo, who technically didn't commit the crime. It was Davis. So you see how Davis is tied into that whole, you have to take someone else's chance to get your own because technically he was supposed to go to jail, lose all his scholarships, not become a lawyer. We don't know what Theo could have been. So yay for that. I like this episode. Um, also, I think I'm on number three now. Number three, when it comes to second chances, would have to be uh, the whole part of, sorry, I wrote my notes in different parts, and I can't read because I have pink eye. Um, so the other part would have to be about, um, what is it, Noma. 
I know, not Noma. We're going to skip Noma because Noma, she'll be forced. She's not really that important right now. But obviously, it has to go with Lauren. Lauren being stuck with no phone, no Wi-Fi, and a can of spam. Um, her second chance at freedom is as corny as it was of her running up to, to Tariq with that little box cutter. Yeah. Um, I thought it was really to show you know, she never lied about this whole situation. Her and Tariq, I believe, you, they would have been a nice, nice couple together. But the thing was, that opportunity was stolen from them by obviously Effie and Brayden. Well, more like Kane, technically. It gets sloppy, but like a good sloppy. This is why I say it's messy, but a good messy and ghetto. But a good ghetto. Um, the point that I'm saying with this is, with Lauren, her chances now... Maybe there's a possibility that she could be with Tariq because we had that whole situation of I can't trust Effie. That whole life that I, I wanted to build and I kept saying that I'm going to build with her is now no longer in. It's no longer in motion now that I know that she's a liar and she's she's basically a killer. And then she lied about the killing. So she double crossed me all the whole time and she took away my opportunity of being with Lauren who he was with first. Granted, she's like Natasha of the situation, Lauren, and Effie is the Angela situation, but the thing is as writers, what if they flip it? If they got rid of the whole Angela of the well, flip they did get rid of Angela, but the point is he's happy with being back with Lauren. And we know that Ghost was miserable with Tasha. What happens if he's happy with Lauren coming back? This whole thing is just a mind warp, what Tariq is going through. And I'm really looking forward to see how he progresses with this. Because at this moment, he, everyone has lied to him. Brayden lied to him. Um, Effie lied to him. But not Lauren. So... It's interesting to see how this all plays out. So um, while I do wonder how she was able, because it looked like she was in upstate New York, and you had to take a train. And if you ain't got a cell phone, I'm going to imagine they took your credit cards as well, your identification. Did she just run there from, from the park the entire time? There are questions about the logistics of this. But, you know, good for her. She made it, and she found Tariq, and Tariq didn't bring along any of his friends. So that's that's a good part. Now, Noma, I didn't like how they handled the Noma of it all because to me it felt like it was thrown in. Oh, she has a child with this random Italian man who was also now dead. Uh, I don't know what she was trying to go with that. Noma seems to be like that kind of person who just like, oh, you're gonna try to threaten me? All right, I'm gonna just kill you. Like there's like we get it that the, the kids serve a purpose to Noma, but the grand scheme of things, not really. So I feel that the whole she has a kid is a little weak. I don't know how it's gonna play out, but just overall, I don't care about the child kid. Kill a kid. No offense. I know we're not supposed to, but see what me and the things I I, I don't I don't see how that to me it just seems like they would just anger her even more and then therefore she would just kill everybody. Also, I am gonna say that I do like her because to with this season, it gave us international power. And I like international power 
compared to New York City. I mean, New York City is very, you're limited. And it can get stifling and, and repetitive compared to, you know, when you watch the original Ghost, which was also in New York City. And then also on top of that, we have the other spinoffs with Queens, with, uh, with Raisin Kane and he's in Queens. And like, yay, New York. But take me something international. Do some things. You know, you had a boat last season. Maybe we could take that boat. And now we're in Argentina. You know, each travel, each episode, it should be White Lotus, where each episode or each series, I mean, each season is in another country. White Lotus, this situation. So, yes, um, that's kind of what I want. And I think that's, oh, I do have a chart for later on because this is a whole bunch of mess. And I like how they set up everything because not only can Tariq not trust anyone, I believe that everyone in this show, how they set it up, is disposable. And the fact that everyone has crossed everyone is going to make for a, such a good dinner scene. So I'm very happy about what's going. Can I... Is that, all, is that all the takeaways? Okay. Yeah, go ahead, Rich. I just want to make a quick comment. Yeah. Excellent takeaways by both uh, you, Dana, and Gary. But I, I do have an answer to your question about how did Lauren get from one location to the other? It's very simple. The power writing team has a bus that transported her from Jenny's place to Stansfield campus. That's the answer. So there you go. <laughs> oh yeah, there's a bus that goes right there, right? A direct bus. <laughs> yeah, I mean I mean. Yeah. I I guess we can't be too surprised because I mean people are always showing up on that campus like uninvited. So you know, Kane shows up like nothing. You know, just in walking around the dorms. So yeah. Here's the one thing I don't have a problem with that. Private <laughs> universities here, at least in New York City, the ones that I experienced, and the ones in other states. Obviously, there's certain changes now because everyone keeps shooting up everyone. Um. They're open. So, for example, I live right by a certain university. I could just walk on the campus, and I've taken, I've snuck in and was like, I really want to see what's going on in this course. Oh yeah, you took me there. And I right? walked in. I took you there. Columbus is it? So Columbia? you could just walk in. Yeah. Oh, so you yeah, just was... walk right in. But like for some strange reason, what's really hilarious is a lot of the public schools, like the public universities and colleges. They're the ones that have lockdown situations, which is like insane because you're paying over a hundred grand for these private schools. And it's like, I could just walk in. So that is like the only thing that's honestly to me the most believable. With we we're like, oh, why is everyone on the thing? Because you could just walk in. Oh, fair enough. I guess I guess it's different in New York than in New York State. But yeah, um, so well, yeah, yeah. Still, still funny about Lauren though. But um, but yeah, excellent takeaways. Um, there, great observations as always. Like you got very deep with it, you know, in terms of how it affects everyone. And I do believe that uh, Tariq, he at this moment he can't trust anybody at all. And um, but nobody you know, else can trust anyone because if you yeah, look at exactly. the whole situation. 
everybody then killed somebody and then didn't say anything of who they killed. And then the people who they thought was a killer was actually something else because Kane, he's the most sloppy, not sloppy, but he has his hands in a lot of different things. So, yeah. We'll break it down later. Oh, yeah, we're, we're, we're definitely going to break it down. There's, I have some questions about all of that stuff. But, um, yeah, I just want to say great takeaways from, from both of you. So we will head over into the questions and discussions segment right now. Um, and, you know, friendly reminder to the people, leave your comments. Let us know your thoughts. Also, hit the like button and subscribe, too. So I guess the, the first place we should go is um so how do you think that the heart of family is going to react how is drew going to react how is kane going to react how is diana going to react because we see diana actually had um that conversation with lorenzo you know i I thought we was about to get dinner scene right there but then you know lorenzo took her away and they had a private conversation um and yeah he was basically he apologized to her for getting her involved again. And then he told her like, you should take your independence and all that stuff. And then, you know, he ends up dying after that. So I think that's going to hit her hard. And then Kane was just starting to really get close to Lorenzo again. Um, So, you know, he, he might, but, but the thing is with Kane, I think he might su- suspect that it was Monet or she had something to do with it. Uh, because they had that conversation already. So I think he's going to su- suspect her and maybe that might cause some conflict. But Drew, he, like, judging by the trailer, he's completely oblivious. He thinks it's the Russians or something. I don't know. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, like, based on what we know, how do you guys think that the Tahada family is going to react to this death? How do you see the funeral panning out? And where do we go from here? Where do they go from here? Like, are they going to be a happy family? Is, is, is the rift between them going to get even bigger? Like, what do you think it is going to happen? How are they going to react to the loss of Lorenzo? So I'll head to you first, Dana. What do you think about that? Oh, no. No, yeah, there we go. Okay, so then this is what kind of when we get to diagram time. Because... The whole family, I believe, is going to be in shambles. And we do know from the clips that they showed in the full trailer, remember when the show was about to debut, they, they gave us the trailer, that unless they edit it wrong, differently, um, something is going to pop off during that funeral. And we got the, 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 the machine guns or the AK-47s. I'm not skilled in guns, but we got something that goes brrrr. So yay for that. Um, Here's the issue. Right now, everyone doesn't know anything, but except for kind of Tariq. But the, the main issue that we have is Drew and what is it? Uh, Gordo, cousin, brother, boyfriend. Um, you They're in that, that weird situation where once Drew finds out what happens, he, I do believe, is going to kill. He's going to kill the cousin boyfriend. Right. But this also involves two other families, because remember, they're two different families. Remember, the Evelyn has the what is it, the three boys, the three or four of them. So those boys could retaliate once cousin boyfriend is dead. So that's a whole nother mess of things where we don't know where the brr comes from. But so that's one thing there. Um, but here's the weird part about that. 
is that the Drew, he's going to kill the, the, what is it, Gordo, for killing Lorenzo for revenge for killing Frank. But Frank was actually killed by Kane. Remember that part? Because Monet wanted revenge against Lorenzo for killing Zeke. And then Diana, when she finds out, wants to kill Monet. Remember, she gave that whole speech that I genuinely believed was from the heart. She's cancer. We got to cut her out. So she, I feel, is going to be a, one of the big main targets for this whole situation. Um, so that family is going to be in complete shambles, as well as their relationship with the Castillos, Cast 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 the mother peoples, right? So it's affecting two families. And then, you know, leave separate of what's going on with, with Tariq and his side of the things. So I do feel that, I feel that Monet is best to just pass on. And I, I, I stated this before because it's just a continuous cycle and her character I feel doesn't grow, especially after the death of Lorenzo. What is she going to do now but the same things that she did from season one? You know, we got to get the drugs. Where's the drugs? No, we got to get the connect. That same kind of mentality. And I think, and we've seen this. Diana wants no parts of it. Remember, she finally got her freedom right before her dad was murdered. But she got her freedom. She doesn't want any parts of that. I feel that Kane does. Drew is such a distracted he's distracted so much that i think he still could be like that lie he, he has his good moments and his bads but he's still kind of at the liability stage with lorenzo being dead here's the issue that i have is with kane now being master and commander of the family in terms of the drug business he still had a lot to learn that Lorenzo was too stubborn to teach him about, I feel, and instead kept yelling at him, know your place, instead of bringing him in under his wing, like he may have did with Drew originally, that there is more opportunity to be a, a, for situations to be screwed up than before. And that Monet is still in her feelings and not fully there. I just don't know how they're going to continue with Monet's character. I'm more interested in the kids at this moment. And I just don't want to see um, more of Mary J's acting. So I'm okay if Diana takes her out. But at this moment, you know, the whole family is in shambles. And we do know something goes down at the funeral. We didn't know who the funeral was, but now we know that it's for Lorenzo. So we have... Drew also blames the Russians, but the Russians, from what I understand, was through with the Castiello. Remember when, when Braden couldn't kill him and so Tariq did instead? So this whole thing is just messy, but like a good messy. I want to see where it goes, but at this point, it could get confusing, but I just think that the whole family is, in sham is a mess because if you now retaliate after the Russians, you have that. And then you're going to also, once you find out the truth, truth, then you're also going to start feuding with the Castellos, Castellos, or whatever you pronounce it. So it's like one against two. So, yeah, maybe they all die. I don't know. But it's it's messy.
Oh, yeah, it's, it's definitely messy. And, um, yeah, I agree. Like, um, there, there's a lot of, like, interconnected messiness in the Tata family, like you described. Like, everybody's kind of, yeah, they, they've got, like, dirt on each other or they've got beef with each other somehow, some way. So, yeah, uh, very well laid out there. And, and what I think could happen with the whole Russian thing is I think Drew is going to make a silly mistake and maybe try to retaliate on the Russians. And maybe that's who comes to the funeral to, to shoot it up and everything. Um, and because he knows, because he's basically, you know, he's literally in bed with, with Gordo right now. Um, I think that, you know, he is going to, you know, maybe use him for information on the Russians because he did have that connect before. So he probably knows some of the Russians or something. So maybe he'll get him involved and that will put Gordo in, in a, in a tight moral state because he knows that he killed Lorenzo. So, you know, he's going to be like, damn, do I tell him or do I go along with this or whatever? I think something like that might happen. What was you going to say? And then also, the redneck is still alive. He may not have his phone, but the redneck is still alive. No, he's not. He he died. He actually died, right? Yeah. Oh, he died. Yep. Sorry. Because they were going going to collect his things and and, uh, (laughs) what's the name? Blanca showed up too late. Right. Yeah, so they put that to rest. But uh, Rich, what's your thoughts on the whole uh, Tahada family? How do you think they're going to react? What's this thing with the Russians going to be? How's the funeral going to turn out? You know, let us know your thoughts. Well, let me start by saying I think that you both made some great points. Uh, I feel everything, a lot of things were revealed in the trailer for the next episode. You know, Monet makes a comment saying that now she's in charge of the business. Obviously, we know up until this point, Kane, you know, as Dana made the very good point about Kane wanting to be in charge. And I believe everything that Dana said about Kane setting up his father, I actually, the way she explained that, that makes a lot of sense to me that that's exactly what his goal was. And I'm pretty sure he knows that Monet had something to do with this. Now, to answer the question, though, Gary, um, I do believe that Drew is going to try to retaliate against the Russians, and, th- and that's exactly who shows up at the funeral. I also think, you know, Gordo is going to be a very slick character because, obviously, as you said, you may think that he's going to be struggling with telling Drew, but I think what's going to happen is Drew is going to go to do some type of attack against the Russians. They find out he was involved. They come to that funeral, and then Gordo because of course they have to be there to show moral support to the family, right? He's going to be there as well. So that's probably when that shootout happens next week at the funeral, because the Russians are coming after them directly. Um, I know Diana is going to be devastated. And I think that once again, the season trailer revealed that she, she made the comment to Whitman in a previous episode that said, Monet is the cancer, right? That was a very deliberate, in very specific words to use to to call her mom that so i do believe the end game here for the monet character to get taken out is going to be by diana when diana finds out that her mom was involved in taking out her father she's going to do something to respond to that and again we know that diana is a character that is very nosy and likes to go through and investigate all this other stuff we saw that last with all the stuff that happened with zeke how she had came to that revelation. So she is going to find out, I think, by the end of the season. 
then I'll be very curious to see what her move will be from there. But she will be devastated that Lorenzo was gone. Drew obviously is going to seek revenge with the Russians. Uh, Monet doesn't care. She's unbothered, right? Uh, because that's how she appeared in this episode at the end when they when they were all together. Um, and as for Kane, yeah, we saw that Kane took his father's chain because he could, you know, that that was also in the trailer. So I think that but Kane knows. Kane knows that Monet had something to do with this. And again, like I had said earlier, if the if they if if it actually is discovered that his body is right there in front of that mural, then obviously you know, you know without a doubt she was involved. Anybody that's a good detective would think, are the, is there a connection between these two things? You know, um, so we'll see what happens. Uh, obviously, uh, the other the other thing we didn't really discuss here is that go back to Davis McLean because his conversation with Monet, Monet made him believe that she had moved on, that she didn't, she know Lorenzo wasn't involved. So how is he going to react in the next episode when he finds out that Lorenzo is dead? You see, this is what I'm saying. It's a lot of things that's going to be happening at the same time. So I look forward to seeing how they explain things from a storytelling standpoint. But I think everybody is going to be devastated with the exception of Monet because clearly she had to resolve this issue. Now she has peace, so she ain't going to be worried about it. But it is going to have a, rip a ripple effect. And the last point that I will make is that I do believe that if the Russians are the ones that are shooting up that funeral, which I think they are, we could very well see Gordo get killed. And at that point, this is when the whole Castillo family coming, you know, having this whole war with, with the Tejada family, this is when it, it actually starts. Because I think that that's going to definitely happen because the whole thing of them having, of Evelyn having that conversation with Monet in this episode, that was that was to give you a sign ahead of time Oh yeah, it is going to be a war between the family. I mean, I think that's coming. I think that's very apparent by how they spoke in this episode. So, stay tuned for that. But yes, to, to quote Dana, it's going to be very messy for the for the foreseeable future with all the all these characters. <laughs> yeah, uh, go ahead, Dana. Can I just say that the fact that he died in front of his non-sons. Uh, more uh, Mario, more I can't pronounce words, Mural. but the wall thing, Meryl. Here's the thing you can easily just argue he was there at that spot because he was so heartbroken over the, the kid's death. Oh, you know, you he was drunk, he technically stumbled to his car, and that's mm -hmm. where he died. He parked his car there, it mm -hmm. wasn't like he was dragged from one spot to the other spot. They took him out, face your your non-son, son, and then they slit his throat. <laughs> he happened to be there. They showed him all like, yes, man, yes, man. and then it was like, aha. And then he was like, <laughs> and then he died. With Zeke literally looking over as being, you know, some kind of like sign metaphorically that was brilliant. So yeah. I don't see the argument of saying, well, you know, Monet was involved. Because the car was already parked, and if you could, oh. you could, if you go to the the bartenders or the bars in that area, yeah, he was in here, and he walked back to his car. He never moved, so the car is still technically there. Oh no! So I agree, uh, I, and, I, and I will say this: 
the average detective might not uh, suspect any of this, but what I'm saying is that I 100% believe Kane knows that Monet was involved with this because he was the one, as you said earlier, he orchestrated, he told him, he told him, you should tell mom what happened. You should tell her what happened, right? So I'm pretty sure he's going to find out very quickly and say he's going to know, oh yeah, Monet, Monet has something to do with this. But let's see what happens because I kind of feel like he, he knows that what really happened. The other detectives might not know, but uh, I, I think uh, obviously Jenny Sullivan, Blanca in them, if they hear about this, they're going to be suspicious because they just saw this guy when they gave when, when Monet gave her testimony at, you know, at, at the house. So they know, OK, this is what's going on with this family. Something is connected here. So it raises a lot of. Well, I think. Uh, no, go ahead. Go ahead, Dana. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, with Jenny and Blanca, I think because because. There's a paper trail, right? So we know that Sachs found that file in uh, in Davis McLean's office, and that mm-hmm. that's like a, a confidential incident report or whatever that states that Lorenzo's fingerprints was at that scene. And uh, so I think if if Sachs ends up like telling Jenny that, and they that now they know that Lorenzo's dead, like they might you know they might suspect that Monet was involved, like. Oh, so you know, Davis has this, and he's part. He's a part of this organization, so he must have showed her, you know. Well, and and now he ends up dead. So, I just want to make one comment. Then I want to go to Dana. I just want to say, uh, I don't know if they're going to find that out because he told her that he 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 found the file. He didn't tell her what was in that file. So that right there, and and then he told her, "Oh, it's over. We're done. We're we're over with now." So, I'm curious to see how. This is going to come about now because they're definitely going to want to know what happened to Lorenzo, but we'll see what happens. But no, go, but go ahead, Dana. No, you, you basically you said it. You know, it Sachs is the captain save hole in this whole mission <laughs> because remember he texts her, "I found the file," and she's like, "I'm busy," and then he was like, "Why are you busy?" Remember he went and followed her and then called again, and she was like, "And said ignore," and he was all in his feelings and like, "I don't want to do anything with you anymore." So at this point, he could have burnt the file. It doesn't really matter because he's all like, eh, she doesn't love me. So I think he's going to be the one who squashes this. Because th- what he had right there was very damning for their, for, and important for their case. But with him and his feelings and probably burning everything down, and then knowing that Lauren is alive and that she is keeping the fact that Lauren is alive away from both Sax and Blanca, he'd like, what's the point of even coming back? So I have a question I want to ask you both, as well as the people that will comment on this video. So because things did not work out for Jenny and Sax, do you somehow see if Sax is withholding information, they can say, you know what, he's probably a part of this also. Let's throw him into this investigation as well. Because I kind of feel like it, it, it could head in that direction with, with, with Jenny. Because he, he's not going to reveal what he saw in that file now. So um, I'm just curious what y'all I, think about that as well as the commenters. I think she even forgot it. Go ahead. No, I think she even forgot it, that he even said that. Because she's so lackadaisical and in her own world 
<laughs> that oh yeah, you want to like oh well, that got, she wasn't even thinking about that. Yeah. So right. I don't even think that's gonna be a factor anymore. Yeah. So what I was what I was gonna say is um so even if that even if they got rid of that file that file still exists somewhere you know it's still there's still another copy there's copies out there and we're talking about police like Blanca is connected you know she's she's an actual um you know cop or whatever so she could like I think I think they can get access to that information later and they can use it to prove motivation. Um, for Lorenzo's death, maybe. But also, in terms of Sachs, I 100% agree that he could get brought into, um, you know, the, the Rico later. If he chooses to side with Davis McLean, I absolutely believe that Jenny might decide to to throw him in the mix um, of the Rico. And and we have to remember that he, he already has dirt on him from what he did um, previously in the last power, like the last season of power. So he's already dirty. Yeah. Um, from that. I, I, I agree with both of those points, and I will also add that they also show in that trailer that now he's trying to talk to Lauren. That's why I say, because that was Jenny's CI, right? So now Sachs trying to step over the boundaries to talk to her and convince her, don't listen to don't listen to to, uh, to Jenny. That's why I say, they, they may definitely try to throw him into this now. And obviously, we already know that Blanca doesn't like uh, Sachs, so... Um, We'll see what happens. But as Dana said, it's going to get very messy for everybody on this show. <laughs> yeah. I just kind of feel that, you know, Sax is the one who's holding all of the cards right now. He is the most important one. But at the same time, I'm interested in finding out what happens with Diana. Because Diana also holds the cards too. In terms of she was there when Monet killed Whitman. She is that witness. And while she, you know, lied and said, I don't know what happened, she can easily say, you know, I'm the poor innocent victim. My mother was controlling everything. I lied to you. Come help me and get her. So she could ultimately be that whole downfall of that family situation and then on top of that Sachs could be the downfall of the rico case so i think those two may may be the most important and then if you have lauren who's already in her feelings with her box cutter and her can of spam you know she wants out as well and i feel that she is going to or maybe Sachs is going to be able to convince her to turn against Jen on top of that. So whatever is being said or whatever they want to bring up, maybe it ends up crossing out each other because they're both doing something dirty. And if she believes that, you know, Jen is lying to her and that she can easily say you're making up this whole thing about Tariq and she could testify in Tariq's behavior. I mean, in his favor against Jen and Blanca. So that that seemed like they had the upper hand of this situation. So Blanca and Jen, they just seem to be like dumb and dumber at this point. I don't think they're going to really get much far in this season. Yeah. 
yeah, it, it can um, definitely go either way. It just depends on a few motivations of the characters. I definitely think Lauren uh, might actually, you know, end up helping Tariq now. So that's going to be one thing that's not in Jenny's favor. Um, and then Sax also, like, he might end up on the other side helping Davis and everyone else. So, um, yeah, like, I, I definitely think uh, that that case can be pulled apart very easily just by a few people banding together. So, yeah, it's in jeopardy for sure. But um, we'll move on to uh, something else now. So, uh, so let's talk about Tariq, Braden, and Effie in them. So we we saw we kind of touched on this in our takeaways, but you know, after the whole, I, first of all, this is one of the things I I kind of liked about this episode, the whole Italy thing, the whole going to the party and the Ocean's Eleven trying to get the the uh, device or whatever. You know, that was it was. I do think they could have did more with it, but it was okay for what it was. You know, um. And yeah, like Braden getting tortured and then they have to rescue him and then they use the device as leverage. Like I thought all of that was pretty cool. Some cool twists and turns there. And then Nomar coming to kill everyone. All of that was cool, right? So yeah, so um, Effie, she, she's very, you know, she's very uh, secretive, very, uh, uh, she she does her own thing basically, and she was able to like snap a picture of the the, the private art, whatever. And she find she finds out that Noma has a child, and then she pitches this plan to Tariq that this is how they're gonna get out of this. So the question is, do you think that they are gonna go along with this plan? Are, are they gonna see it through? Are they gonna? Is this gonna be something? They maybe present to Kane also and the Tahadas to tell them, look, we've got this dirt on her. I think we should all try and, you know, look into this and then we can all kind of flip the script on Nomar and get ourselves out the game. You know, do you think that, like this is something they're all going to collaborate on and try to do? Um, and, you know, how soon do you think they might move on this as well? So, Rich, what do you think about that? That's a very good question. Uh, in my personal opinion, I think how this episode ended, that is the answer to your question. I don't think that Tariq can trust Effie because again, all the stuff he's hearing about with Lauren, that's going to definitely complicate how they move together moving forward in, in, in Braden as well. So I think the point that I was making in my takeaways is that Tariq already has the trump card in this entire situation because he knows that Monet killed Mecca. And you see that Noma is still asking questions about who killed Mecca, right? So he can just present her with this information and in hopes of her and Monet trying to take out each other. And then that then that can eliminate them both from the from their equation altogether. But you see, so far this season, they have told you that Tariq has been forthright and honest with Monet. That's why I had said on the recap last week, it'll be very, very, very interesting if he decides to turn on here at the end of the season and say, yeah, Noma, this is the person you need to deal with because she had a history with Mecca and then Monet will come after her. But we know that's not going to happen. I do think, as Dana said, Monet might be nearing the end of her time on this show at some point. And I would like to see Diana take her out. So we'll see if that happens. But to answer your question, I think that Tariq is going to be so taken aback by this revelation about Lauren. He's not going to trust Effie 
So I don't think he's going to want to go along with her plan. And to go to what Dana said earlier, because Effie is always looking out for her own best interests, she may decide to go with this plan. So they both will split it, it, it split, 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 split it right down the middle in terms of how they want to deal with the situation, and that may cause further conflict for the both of them. Um, but no, I don't think he's going to. They're going to go along with his plan. At least Tariq isn't, because now he has to reevaluate his relationship with with uh, Effie and Braden after all this stuff. Mm. So, so you don't think um, one of them actually might try to? Because you know, it's, it's. I'm, I assume it's just Effie and Tariq that knows about it at this moment. Yeah. So you don't think that, like, because obviously Tariq knows that she lied to him and he's not happy about that. But do you think that one of them could potentially end up trying to uh, act out the plan without the other? And then maybe the other one kind of crosses them while they're trying to do it or messes it up somehow? You know? I I think Effie 100% can act on her own because she's thinking about her own best interest. She wants to get out of this, right? So I think she would be the one that would execute this plan without him. They sort of teased that already earlier this season when she was thinking about bringing back course correct before talking to Tariq. Then she eventually had a conversation with Tariq and then decided to do it after that. So I kind of feel like she can make this decision independently on her own to act on her own accord this time around. And yeah, I can see that happening. But I will be very curious to see how everything goes down because again Tariq uh it's going to be hard for him to trust her now so and she still she's had opportunities to tell him the truth but she has not said anything so I I'm just very curious to see what happens in the next episode because clearly after that revelation you want to see what truly happens so we'll see (laughs) if Tariq's really cold what he could do is try and like go along with the plan with Effie and tell her like we're going to do this and basically set her up and side with Noma, like, and, and basically set up Effie because, you know. Yeah, yeah. Because he, he obviously, he's going to be upset now, so. Now, if he does that, I have to give him James St. Patrick points. If he <laughs> does, if he actually does that, because Ghost did not care about anybody. He cared about himself. So, yes, let's see that happen. Power writers. <laughs> Yeah, that would be pretty incredible. Because if you think about it, like Tariq's whole, his, like some of part of his logic for wanting to get out the game was he wanted to be with Effie. Like he wanted to get out together and have, you know, a good life or whatever. So now that that might be off the table for him because now he knows she lied to him and everything. So he might be like, you know what? I'm, I'm a, I'm true. Like I'm going to keep working with Noma. Like I'm going to keep doing this, you know? And then that might want him to that that might make him want to set her up or whatever to to get back at her. But um, Dana, like, what do you think of this whole thing? Like, how do you think they're going to go along with the plan? Are they going to try and execute it? What do you think will happen? It's messy. This whole episode is messy, ghettoly messy. And no, he's not going to be like, oh, I want to go with no more. At least I don't think so. I don't know. But see, that's why it's good because it's messy. You don't know what's going to happen. Here's the thing with with this. He did not want to be like, oh, I want to quit because of you. He wants to quit because of his his mother and his sister. His whole goal is to reach that number. Remember, everyone has a number. He wants to reach that number. He can be with his family. And the whole fantasy that he had was everybody living a normal life. 
Effie was to go to Stanford, I believe it was Stanford, study the robotics and meet his mom. I mean, you could meet my mom, you could meet my sister, situation. So the whole thing was to build a family together. That included Effie. He was going to go and be with Effie, but also his mama and his sister thing comes first. I believe that his mother and his sister are still main priority because this is the whole point and purpose as to why we're doing this, right? Effie, as much as it may hurt, oh my God, look what you did. I loved you. She's disposable compared to what his feelings are and how it wasn't the fact that, yes, it's the fact that you tried to kill Lauren, but it's also the fact that you lied to me. For, for months, you had me checking the phone and looking for her and walking in the streets. You know, Lauren, is that you? I miss you, Lauren. Tossing and turning at night, distraught, right? So it's the emotional damage that Effie caused more so than the fact that he tried to have Lauren killed, I feel. This is how it's gonna, I think it's gonna be end up messy and I don't know whether or not they're going to go with Monet, but Monet, not Monet, sorry, Noma. The thing with Noma is she uh, she is the one where you can get the, the money or their number the quickest and for Tariq the quickest. Um, but we do know that Tariq is flat out. He, I feel he's planning on trying to kill uh, Lauren about this whole, I'm not planning to kill Lauren, he's trying to kill Effie about what happened with Lauren. But at the same time, we do know that he is talking to Sachs with Lauren. So I don't think that Effie getting murdered would be the best decision. You know, the fact that the whole feds are involved and the fact that Sachs is involved, even though he is dirty, it's just too many people where it could just get sloppy. But at the same time, I do believe that Effie is going to side and run when Kane has been trying to call up Effie for the longest. So I do believe there's going to be some kind of relationship. She has no other choice. She can't run to Tariq. Tariq don't like her no more. He may be, you know, maybe in the middle of the night, he might strangle her. Not kill her fully, but I'm going to strangle you. And, you know, stop it. And then she's running out scared of her life, but she's going to end up with Kane. That whole thing of, you know, hey girl, I feel was for a reason. Um, So he is a factor that we haven't thought of. Also on top of that, Kane is going to want to kill Brayden because remember that whole thing, you owe me your body. You you told me that you killed her and even though he feels that he knows deep in his in his heartness, and he knows that he that he didn't kill her, he knows that it was he thought that it was Effie. So this is you see what I mean? Extra sloppy. I'm gonna he's running to the arms of Effie. Well, I thought that you killed Lauren, but you actually didn't kill Lauren. So now I gotta kill you too. So it's just a whole cycle. Everybody gotta die at this moment. So with Noma. And in her situation, I don't know where where that the only person that I can see having to her to side with would probably be it would probably be Effie. 
who ends up having to run to Noma because Effie has the most to lose. When you have both Tariq and Kane possibly wanting to kill you because you lied. So that's the only one who she can really run to. Brayden is really caught in the middle of this whole situation. And then on top of that, we know that Kane wants to kill him as well. And then if you really want to get technical, Tariq could blame Brayden for even putting him in this situation because remember his internship was supposed to be with Tate. But he made him bomb the the the, 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 the whole, made him lose his internship. So you see what I mean? Like this whole thing is messy. You need a flow chart just to figure out what's going on. So getting Diana in the situation, she's the only pure one-ish. But then you got Asalakaleko, who's running in the corner, <laughs> who, who could be somebody's CI on top of that. Who knows what's going on? Remember she said, well, it's getting too hot. But well, we didn't see what's getting too hot. But I don't know if that means that they're saving for another episode that Salim is figuring things out of her selling the drugs in the whole in the school. So this whole thing is just a, it's a it's dynasty. It's a mess. It's, this is a black soap opera. I'm here for it, but I'm confused and I can't answer your question because I don't know. So can I can I make a just can I just make a quick comment? Yeah. First and foremost, first and foremost uh Excellent points, Dana. And I was just going to say, uh, as for what you said about Braden and the Tariq and the internship, oh, I believe Tariq is going to find out about this very soon. Because I remember in that season trail, it looked like Braden getting punched in the face by a look, look like Tariq. So that's going to happen. That may happen in the next episode or shortly thereafter, but it will happen. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see that that happen next week. With him beating up Braden or something, you know. So, yeah, that's going to be an interesting one to see how that goes. Um, and and I, I am curious to know, like, whether Tariq will maintain that friendship with Braden after, like, because obviously he's part of the lie too with with Lauren. Um, but like those two have such a brotherhood going on, and I I don't know if I see them being mad at each other for too long. So I'm 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 curious to see how how you know that goes. Go ahead, Rich. I don't want to interrupt, but I just thought of something. We didn't mention this yet. Now, when they were boarding the plane, you saw that uh, Kiki saw that Braden's phone, one of his phones, the business phone, fell out, and she saw the crash coin alerts that he was getting on that phone. So Braden need to be careful around her because I think now she's going to start to investigate and see what is he doing behind the scenes. And that could be maybe that could be what what Tariq gets mad about and, and hits Braden about. I mean, on top of the other stuff, but we'll have to wait and see. But then, yeah. kind of on top. Oh, sorry. No, go, go 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 ahead. Oh, then but here's the thing: Kiki could run to is it, is it Lucas, the, the main yeah. the main guy, yeah. run to Lucas about what's going on and could run because he's I feel he's he could be jealous of what Tariq and RS RSDJ RJJ him the dude black billionaire that relationship that he has because remember he got cut out yep of that whole deal situation so he could <laughs> run and be like look you don't want to deal with Tariq because the whole course correct situation the information that he got from 
the girl. Mm-hmm. So if that is the case, then he would have to continue to work more with Monet, not Monet, Noma, in order to get the money. I don't, the whole thing is just a mess. I mean, at this point, what is your well, you, your goal that you're trying to reach with this money thing? Because you got Wall Street money and you got drug money. <laughs> How much money do you need? I'm confused. Um, so, that, that, that's, yeah, this could... Be- that's that's the problem because this this is all this is all connected. You know, this is how they're making their money to give to Noma. So it, it is very vital that Brayden, no one finds out about that information. But now that it, that Kiki is gonna, she saw those those uh, alerts, some text messages, uh, that is gonna be a problem. So uh, we have to stay tuned to see what happens with that. And who knows, that <sighs> might be somebody that that Brayden has to kill. No, <laughs> no. Maybe, maybe in a way, no death, he ends up partnering with Kiki. Maybe. Well, you mean cutting her in on this to keep her quiet? Cutting her her in on this in order to keep her silent. Because if you look at it this way, the group is going to be split. No matter, Mm -hmm. I feel like no matter what. So you need to bring in other people to carry the load of the people who left you and want you dead. Why not bring in Kiki? Yeah, that's possible. I mean, if you look at it, it's the whole... Right, and then she and her contacts, because remember, she also runs things. She sets up meetings and she knows things could make the whole Bitcoin situation even wider. Mm -hmm. She could take it to a, a higher level than what they're doing. So I feel that that would probably be the best because at the end of the day, what you you done lost Tariq. Um Effie is probably running for her life somewhere. Um and 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 so that's that's what you got. Yeah. So and then we we all know that everybody else is greedy. So and then Braden, if he's still I, the whole thing is we hope he's still alive. So it's just a mess. So I don't think they're going to kill Braden. And I think they're going to probably get back together because I don't know. It would just be weird to I, get rid of Braden. has been the most loyal, though. And technically, he didn't kill um, Lauren. Lauren, yeah. I know true. I'm contradicting myself. I, I know I'm contradicting myself, but maybe their relationship could be worked out more. I, I Yeah, we, we have to get some answers on that. I, I, I don't see... I mean, I do believe that the group is going to be split, but I think it all depends on what Tariq's reaction is going to be once he finds out about this internship, right? Because that was a master manipulated move by Braden. Uh, So I don't really know if that's something that Tariq will forgive right away, even though it worked out. And by Braden doing that, Tariq said, okay, yeah. So made it feel like it was it was uh, Tariq's idea to do all of this stuff because he was in that situation. But I'm very curious to see how he reacts because I, I do feel he is going to find out about that internship, that Braden has something to do with that. And um, we have to see what happens after that. But I, that is going to definitely happen, I feel. Before the season is over, he will find out and he's going to have some type of reaction to it. It may not be a positive one, but we'll see. Everything is just a mess, but I'm here for it. But it's a mess. (laughs) I just want the Noma and Monet showdown because that's just another thing. Time. 
Yeah, um, I feel like I feel like right now Braden is playing a Drake song, and the Drake song goes, "Kiki, do you love me? Are you riding?" He's playing. He's playing that right now. <laughs> no, um, I think I think Kiki's got his back because um, you see how worried she was when he didn't make it back from the the uh, the Lambardi party. Um, she she was worried about him, and then you know, um, Effie said some kind of slick comment to her, like, "Oh, I'm sure he'll be back during business hours or something," you know. Um, and then, so like, you have you have to remember also in in I, I think it was the second episode, Brayden had her back when she was experiencing the racism in in the office, and I think oh, she yeah. remember yep. she she remembers that. So yeah. I think. She is going to have his back, I think. Like, she's going to be a rider. Kiki is riding, you know. Um, and, yeah, I think that she's he might cut her in, um, you know, like like you mentioned. He might cut her into the operation, I think. So, yeah, she, she's going to be an asset to him, I think. Um, but, yeah, great thoughts all around on that discussion. Um, let, let's get to uh, final thoughts now. Um, yeah, let's get to final thoughts, and then you know we'll. Uh, if there's any anything else you think we missed or anything else you want to say, now's the time to do it. So uh, I'll go to you first, Rich. Anything else you wanted to say about this episode or the trailer? You know, you can mention the trailer also. Um, well, no, I'm just gonna say, uh, yeah, I was entertained with the episode. Uh, I'm very curious to see where they go with some of these storylines because, as Dana said earlier, it's very messy right now on the show. But the messiness is good because you shouldn't be able to easily predict what's going to happen on any show, right? Sometimes you can, but it's all about the execution of how they actually do it. So I look forward to seeing what happens next. Um, I don't think I had any other thoughts on the trailer. Um no, I'm just looking forward to seeing what happens. I'm pretty sure Dana might have a few other thoughts, so I'm going to, you know, hand the mic off to her. Uh, if, if you're not ready yet, Dana, I have one thing. But oh, okay. Okay, yeah, so that it's a quick thing. Um, I do think that now now that Tariq knows there's a, um, there's a case being built, I think he's going to utilize that Tate connection even more now because he knows that Tate is is talking to uh, Blanca and, and uh, Jenny. So I think he might use him as a way to kind of throw them off maybe, and that might buy him some time um, to get things together. Actually, I'm glad you brought that up, Gary, because th- now there is something that I do want to say, because you saw in this episode where when Monet contacted Tariq at the beginning of the episode, she asked, I need you to find out where International Guap was, if he if he was if he was there when Zeke got killed. And then he tells Tate after the class, you know, after the class segment, he tells Tate, Hey, uh, I believe that this guy had something to do with Zeke getting killed. So he decides to send this information to Jenny Sullivan. And then you see later in the episode Tariq getting an angry text. From uh, from from Tate saying you lying mf'er. I'm not gonna swear. Obviously, this is YouTube, but that's why I laugh when I saw that because you know, I like the interactions between Tate and Tariq. It reminds me very much of how he interacted with Ghost 
how you know they're talking business at one point, but then they're not they're not afraid to just start getting ghetto and just say, hey, no, 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 brother, you're gonna do this, that, or other. So um, I'll be very curious to see if Tate obviously <laughs> is gonna be willing to help Tariq. Always, he got to get something in return for helping him. So uh, we're gonna see what happens. He, but he did mention to Tariq in this episode. Now they're looking at me as well because of how I helped the last time. So let's see what happens. But that's a very good point, Gary. So thank you for bringing that up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, that was hilarious, the whole text exchange. Um, <laughs> like, I have a feeling, like, because some of this stuff could have been scenes, but, like, you know, there's so much to fit in the episode. But yeah. I have a feeling that there's some people who kind of miss some of those text messages sometimes and don't even know how, how this stuff progressed like so mm-hmm. that, that's my only critique about when they do the text stuff but um it, it's, it's cool stuff it's cool I, I do like the effects and stuff that you read the text on screen but yeah some, sometimes i feel like some of these could have been actual scenes that we saw but um but yeah go ahead dana let us know your final thoughts until drew finds out that gordo killed lorenzo I do think that they're going to have an ally within that family because they both did each other a favor in terms of remember that grief conversation and about the fact that she went to Evelyn, I'm giving you this information so you could do whatever it is that you want. And then she, she gave that information also to the son. So they're technically even at this point. So that whole shootout with the Russians that we think is the Russians you know, they could, again, have an ally in this situation. So maybe they don't die with at that moment. Um, but other than that, I just think that it was, I don't have anything else to say aside from it was good situations. The thing is, I don't know how Monet and Noma is going to, what's going to happen with these characters. Because it is, they seem just kind of be the most, they, what's interesting is Noma seems to be the most interesting not in terms of what she could offer in the future. But at this moment, she's kind of a throwaway. I don't care about her daughter and using that as leverage. Um, so that should be really interesting. I don't really care though, but I do think that RSJ could be some kind of ally that could help Tariq in this whole situation. Because right, right, yep. Oh no, I asked him to say, I'm gonna wait until you finish. No, I was gonna say, remember, he he admires him in a way. And he said, Don't squander your opportunity in, in a way. So I just is, he has access to him ish. So I just wonder if he's gonna come into play with this. That's a very good point. Uh I'm very curious to see how that relationship develops. The fact that he teased about talking about his father and that he could have went down a similar path, but he chose not to. I wonder if that was a tease that potentially he could do something in the future that might be considered uh, bad. Because again, we know that actor, this is the same guy that played Chris on The Wire. You know this guy has range, especially when it comes to, to, be, to being a bad, a character that does really bad things to people. So I'm curious to see what that means. Um, for him on this show. But stay tuned, I guess. We'll find out eventually. <laughs> I got a really ghetto theory about RSJ. So, <laughs> oh, what's that? 
So he was Chris from The Wire, right? Follow me. This is going to be real ghetto, but it's, you know, it's, 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 I'm making a connection here. So he was Chris from The Wire. And you know what Chris on The Wire did, right, in season four? Like, what was he, where was he putting the bodies? In the buildings, right? In, in the vacant houses, right? What did Tariq just give RSJ? That Queen's building. Child Project. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So they, they're going to be stacking up bodies up in the Queen's Child Project. But no, no, I'm 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 just playing. I'm just joking yeah. with that. I'm joking with that. But I do think they are going to use that for something, though. Like I think. Oh, oh, oh yeah. I mean, he owes him. He owes him. Not owes him, but owes him. Like in a way, right? Because he did give him that building. He, yeah. he did. But but you know, to go along to your theory, Dana, that nobody trusts anybody. I kind of I could see him double crossing Tariq as well in the future because it will stay consistent that Tariq can't trust anybody. I just don't know how they're going to do it. And maybe it could be him stashing something illegal in that building or something. It's something that's coming. We can't see it yet, but that could happen later. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, that that could even be like, like let's say um, let's say Tariq falls out with Braden or something or the business gets split up. The, the Queen's child, like RSJ, because he seems to be getting closer to Tariq, he could end up just saying, look, I want you to run this thing because it's your legacy anyway. And then, you know, then Tariq has his own building, like separate from the Westerns, like to do to do whatever he wants. Yeah. Yeah. We we could see some kind of like Wolf Street beef or something like between, (laughs) you know, (laughs) in this show. So go ahead. Go ahead, Dana. No, I was going to just say that 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 makes sense. Um, Especially, I don't see Tariq being at that company long term. Just in terms of, you know, now that Kiki knows about the whole uh, coin, the Bitcoin drug situation with the cups. And no one at the firm really likes Tariq anymore, aside from Brayden. But they're going to start falling out soon. So, yeah, he he could easily just shift to RSJ and work for him. Yeah. yeah he, he's definitely a Simon Stern type character in this. Because like, we know how Ghost used to always end up working with Simon Stern somehow, some way. So it kind of feels like he's that guy in this show. So, uh-huh. <laughs> but um, but yeah. So that was final thoughts. Um, we can get a quick round of shoutouts, or you can plug anything that you got going on. So uh, yeah, I just want to give a shout out to some of the people. You know, Rye One, Tracy Lee, Jeremiah Lutumba, uh, Real Pretty Vibes, uh, Joe Blow. Um, Inga76, of course, SJ Smith, uh, Debt King, and also uh, DJ United. Um, you know, big shouts to all of you uh, for supporting. I see people have some great theories in the comments all the time. Um, I, I definitely, I need to uh, do a better job of uh, replying to everything because I see some great comments, but uh, I don't always have time to reply, so I apologize. But yeah, big shouts to all the people um, in the comments. And, um, you know, the show, we, we obviously today it was a bit late again, but next week we're going to try and get it right on time. 
Um, you know, we do, we're busy people. We have a lot going on with our schedules and uh, also health stuff going on. So, yeah, you know, it was we, my fault. <laughs> yeah, it was not, not just your fault. It was my fault too, because uh, we could have did it before that day at any rate. But, but yeah, I had stuff going on. But yeah, so we're going to try to get it right next week. Um, but yeah, big shouts to all of the supporters. Like, we can't thank you enough. We really appreciate all of you. Um, and Rich, you got any shout outs for us? Oh, yeah. Shout out to a lot of the same people that you've already mentioned. They always leave uh, excellent comments. So uh, very curious to hear what you all thought about this episode. I think it's been a, a pretty good season so far for power. Um, and the, the last point I will mention is that I did see Joseph Sakura sent out a tweet. Somebody asked him if there was going to be any announcement about Power Force Season 2. He said Stars is going to make an announcement very soon. So stay tuned for that because uh, we know a lot of you love that show as well. So uh, And I know that Gary cannot wait to talk about Power Force Season 2. So stay tuned. <laughs> Oh yeah, let, let, let me know uh, when when that's coming back because I need to book a ten week vacation um, <laughs> and get, get out of the country. You know, <laughs> no, I'm playing, I'm playing. But uh, Dana, any shouts? No, thank you for everyone who listens to us and and supports us. So thank you for that. We appreciate it. Indeed, indeed. So that is going to be it for this week. We thank you all for listening and we will return next week to recap episode five. I mean, sorry, episode six of Power. I can't believe it's six episodes already. That's that's crazy. Time's moving fast. But yeah, um, we'll be back next week. So everybody take care, stay healthy, and we'll see you soon.